Hi, hello, and welcome. Episode number 102 of the Ball Don't Lie podcast. My name is Audie Elmore. I am bothered by something. Bothered by a lot of things, but bothered by something that has... You know, I normally try not to get all upset. I try not to be a homer. I try not to defend... You know, there's that old thing, BCD, blame, complain, and defend. You don't want to be any one of those three. Uh, certainly none of them all together. But I'm, I'm kind of bothered by something about Joe Burrow and about the perspective of the Cincinnati Bengals. And something I specifically don't like is laziness. I don't like when people are lazy, when they are certainly are people in the media that are lazy. I don't, I don't like that at all. So I'm going to talk about that as it pertains to Joe Burrow, as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's going to be really the entire, I don't know, the entire episode today. I will say, I should say off the top, that the Reds are absolutely unequivocally alive. Uh, I may have been wrong about burying them, but they still have several weeks of baseball left to play. And I am not rooting for them to fail. I want them to go to the playoffs. I want them to win the World Series. I could have been wrong about burying them. That still remains to be seen. But credit where credit is due. The Cincinnati Reds have put it together. And at the time I'm recording this, lead the National League wildcard, uh, the final spot of the National League wildcard over the San Diego Padres by a game. So kudos to them for doing that. We are 19 days away now from the start of the NFL season. I love football. It's the best. Makes me happy. Brings me joy. And I've been particularly particularly interested in this Bengals team because I'm not really entirely sure what to expect. On one hand, I know that they have a lot more talent than last year. I know that Joe Burrow is coming back. I know that they have the strength in their wide receiver core. I know they have enough talent offensively to hang with some teams. I worry about Zach Taylor's scheme. I worry about all these different things. But the one thing I don't worry about is the quarterback position. I have said it. I've made it abundantly clear on here and anywhere else you hear my voice that I think they have their answer with Joe Burrow, and I think the majority of people would agree with me. But there is something that I'm struggling to understand with Joe Burrow and and specifically with the perception of him. Joe Burrow is so disrespected, I feel like. So disrespected by the national media, by generally people on on Twitter. I I, I don't know. I it's it's just hard to to fathom for me with Joe Burrow. And let me try to explain why. It's multiple levels of disrespect for him. Something that really chapped my ass today was the Madden ratings. Now, and I know what you're saying. Madden is not real life. It doesn't matter. You can't possibly be upset about that. I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to say I should not be upset about a Madden rating. But Madden rated Joe Burrow a 75. And if you don't know the rating scale, the lower the score, the better. The highest you can be is a 99. 
Let me name some of the quarterbacks that were ranked higher than Joe Burrow. Well, actually, let me rank let me tell you about one quarterback that was ranked higher than Joe Burrow. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was rated an 81 on Madden. Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in the NFL since 2017. How does that make any sense? Oh, by the way, Kaepernick was rated higher than Justin Herbert. Kirk Herb, or I said Kirk Herbstreet. I had Herb and Kirk next to one another on my list. That's why. Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, and Joe Burrow. He's rated higher than all of them. That makes no sense. Not only is it disrespectful to those guys who have been playing consistently in the NFL, it's disrespectful to Joe Burrow. What about on the NFL Top 100 list that is making headlines and has made headlines and usually makes headlines every offseason? It is the Top 100 players in the NFL as voted on by the players themselves. Joe Burrow not on the NFL Top 100. As a matter of fact, there's only two Bengals on the list. Trey Hendrickson, defensive end, who they just signed in free agency from the New Orleans Saints, and Jesse Bates. And that in and of itself is robbery because Bates is ranked number 90 and Hendrickson's like in the 60s. Fun fact for you, Jesse Bates is better at his job than Trey Hendrickson is at his. I don't understand that. I don't understand how Justin Herbert is on that list. I don't understand how a number of players are on that list, but Joe Burrow's not. Joe Burrow, a guy that in just 10 games last season, completed 65% of his passes for almost 3,000 yards. He threw 13 touchdowns, had five interceptions. He set the NFL's all-time record for a rookie in pass attempts. He was, for the most part, the only reason the Bengals won the games that they won. Think about week one. He throws a touchdown to A.J. Green. Pass interference is called. Probably not a great call. If that pass is completed, Bengals win. Think about how with under three minutes remaining, he drove them down the field to beat the Cleveland Browns, who were a playoff team that went and won a playoff game last year at Paul Brown Stadium. And with under a minute remaining, the Bengals' defense gives it up and the Browns go 75 yards or else the Bengals win that game. Oh, by the way, he hung with the Browns in Cleveland as well. He could have beaten the Philadelphia Eagles through multiple touchdowns in that game. But Bengals' defense lets him down. They end up tying. How about Randy Bullock, who missed that field goal in Week 1, that previous game I mentioned? That also didn't go his way. He wasn't surrounded with a bunch of talent. But those were a few games that Joe Burrow could have won. I don't understand why there's some sort of disconnect. I don't know if it's because he's out of sight, out of mind after his injury. I don't know if it's because people think that because the offensive line was bad last year, it's automatically bad this year. And because they didn't draft Panay Sewell, he stands no chance and he's going to get hurt again. I don't understand it. How about on the ESPN quarterback skills 
situation. Quarterback, how did they describe it? The NFL Quarterback Council 2021, where they ranked the top 10 quarterbacks in arm strength, accuracy, decision-making, rushing ability, field vision, mechanics, competitiveness, toughness, in the pocket, scrambling, rushing, second reaction. They named the top 10 quarterbacks in every single one of those categories. And guess who wasn't listed in any of them? Joe Burrow. Now, you could say that about his arm strength. He's openly said that he wants to get better at the deep ball. I don't know if you could say that about him in the pocket. He's spectacular. He was wonderful scrambling. He's not the fastest or best rushing quarterback ever, but he did have three or four rushing touchdowns last year, if I remember correctly. So that doesn't really make any sense to me. He had three rushing touchdowns last year as I look at it. Competitive level, toughness. What about the games in which he was rocked by the Philadelphia Eagles and he got back up, finished the game? Joe Burrow is tough. I don't know that there's 10 tougher quarterbacks in the NFL than him. But it's not that he wasn't listed on every single one of these things. It's that he wasn't listed at all. Never. You understand you've got Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, but Herbert's on here a bunch of times. Kyler Murray's on here a bunch of times. Kirk Cousins for accuracy. Are we serious? Justin Herbert's on that list as well. I don't understand. I really, truly don't understand that. What about just on Monday night when the Jags and Saints were playing in a preseason game in New Orleans and a tweet went out by Adam Schefter because this was a graphic posted on the ESPN MNF Monday Night Football telecast. It says, notable starting quarterbacks that haven't played this preseason. It lists Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones. Justin Herbert. That's it. I mean, tell me Joe Burrow doesn't at least deserve to be on that list? A list that has Daniel Jones, that has Justin Herbert, that has Baker Mayfield? You tell me that that Burrow doesn't need to be on that list? Where's the disconnect? That's what I want to know. Is it truly that he was out of sight, out of mind? Injured last November with his knee injury. Only played in 10 games. Certainly Burrow has some room for improvement. It's not like he's the league MVP. But this is a guy that's that's looked at as a savior of a franchise. People and, and his opponents will tell you this kid has it all. There's a great story from Chris Collinsworth from Brandon Graham on the Philadelphia Eagles about how they just kept hitting him and he kept getting up and said, when I'm the best... I'm going to get those calls one day. I've told you the stories earlier about how he's put that team, that terrible team he played for last year, on his back and led them to a couple of victories only to have them snatched away by one of the worst defenses in NFL history. You know, another thing that that frustrates me is, you know, I, I live in Cincinnati. I work in Cincinnati. 
And something that always drives me crazy is Cincinnati fans swear on everything that there's a national media bias against Cincinnati and against the Bengals. I don't think that's true. But I'm starting to question some things when I see stuff like this. Because it just doesn't make sense. And one thing that I have no toleration for, I do not tolerate whatsoever, is laziness from the national media. I understand, you know, you're a national media member, you have to cover a lot of teams. But that doesn't mean you you can't do the amount of research needed to say the right things. When I come back from the break, Sam Acho is an analyst somehow for ESPN, and he was on Get Up, and he was talking about whether Joe Burrow can resurrect the Bengals, and he went into a conversation with Dan Orlovsky. Now, I've got to give credit where credit's due. Dan Orlovsky has been very much pro-Joe Burrow. He has pounded his table for Joe Burrow from the beginning of this entire situation when he was going to be the number one pick in the draft, and last year as well after he had gotten hurt, and this year when he had this exchange with Sam Acho on Get Up. So we'll talk about that right after this. Welcome back to the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Talking about Joe Burrow, talking about how I feel he's being so disrespected. You might be saying, well, how can a second-year quarterback be disrespected? This guy hasn't really done anything. I know what you mean. I hear you. But at the same time, I know what I saw out of Joe Burrow his rookie season. I went back and looked this morning just to kind of refresh my memory of his highlights from his rookie season. I can't think really of any times except for one where I said, oh God, what is he doing? That was his first game as a professional against the Los Angeles Chargers. He just tried to do too much and threw one backhanded basically and it was intercepted. He didn't make many mistakes. The Bengals' offense certainly lacked a deep threat. There's no question about that. But I rarely thought that Joe Burrow was making bad decisions. I rarely thought that he was putting them in a position to lose. I thought the opposite most of the time. And... For the most part, I thought people recognized that. I thought people, up until his injury, seemed to think, this guy is going to take the Bengals' places. Like, they're close. People are going to want to come play for him. And you hear these stories out of training camp and out of players, out of teammates, that people do want to come play for him. They want to be around him. He makes them better. He creates attitude and culture and all these different things. And I think that's extremely important. But all of a sudden, I feel like it's being lost. And I talked before the break about the national media perspective. And there's a lot of people that feel like there's a bias against the Bengals, specifically Bengals fans. I don't think that that's true. I don't think that there's a Cincinnati bias that that people think think is happening. I think first of all, I think that's the, you know, little man syndrome where people get all upset about um 
you know, because you're like the younger brother, you're the little guy, you know, like Steve Smith, Andrew Hawkins type little man syndrome. Napoleon Bonaparte, I think, is the classic one there. But they just get upset because you feel like you're disrespected. But at the same time, I mean, what have you done to really garner respect? I mean, look at Cincinnati. Seriously, the Reds haven't won a playoff series since 1995. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1991. They have basically made mockery and fools out of themselves on almost every national television appearance since then. Went to five straight playoff. Uh, you had five straight playoff appearances. You lost all of them. I mean, <laughs> come on. You haven't really done anything to garner a lot of respect. For a good portion of life in the 90s, the Bengals were the doormat of the NFL, and they've won six games over the last two years. So I think there is something to be said about not getting respect because you haven't earned respect. But on a more micro level, when you're looking at the actual players, Bengals players have gotten respect. Andy Dalton in 2015 got respect. A.J. Green over the course of his career got respect. Chad Johnson got respect. They got their respect, but Joe Burrow doesn't seem to be getting it, and it's driving me crazy. And so let me play this clip for you. This was from Get Up on ESPN, where the question was posed to Sam Acho. Do you think Joe Burrow can be the one to resurrect the Bengals? No. It's that simple. They just can't. So, like, when you watch the game, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw the last game. They had 60 yards of total offense in the first half and two first downs. One of them came in the last few seconds of the first half, number one. Number two, Zach Taylor is handicapped by their management. Mike Brown, the owner, is not a good owner. The Bengals aren't going to win anytime soon. I don't care how good Joe Burrow is. Okay, so let's dissect this for a little bit. First and foremost, he says he watched the last game. I don't know if he's referring to their actual last game of the season, when which they did not play well, or if he's referring to Joe Burrow's last game of the season in which they were winning at halftime. He also says that Zach Taylor is handicapped by management. Now, this is simply ignorance from Mr. Acho because he hasn't been paying much attention. The Bengals have spent more money in free agency over the last couple of years than they have probably in the last 15 years combined. Mike Brown does not run the show hardly at all anymore. Everything about this franchise that you think you knew, that you thought you knew, that you used to be the talking points of this team from 1992 until 2002 are gone. That changed with the hire of Marvin Lewis. Then Mike Brown slowly but surely became more open to things. Now his daughter, Katie Blackburn, has taken over with her husband, Troy, and their daughter, Elizabeth, have completely rejuvenated the fan base. They've changed the uniforms. They've signed free agents. They've taken over a mantra. They've put work into the stadium. They're doing all sorts of different things. And they've given Zach Taylor the freedom to do whatever he wants. A.J. Green is gone. Geno Atkins is gone. Carlos Dunlap is gone. All those old heads that the Bengals have normally kept and, and held on to way too long, are gone. They drafted Joe Burrow. They've got a wide receiver for him in, in Jamar Chase. They've re-signed Sam Hubbard. They signed Tyler Boyd. They've drafted T. Higgins. They drafted Jonah Williams. They have done a lot of things right. Now, the answer is is quite right in the sense that they haven't won enough football games. I'll give you that for sure. But 
I'm telling you, they're closer than people think. They also play in a very difficult division. Three playoff teams out of the AFC North last year. Probably going to be that again this year, I think, if Pittsburgh is shaping up the way I think they're going to shape up. I think they'll be in the conversation as much as I hate to admit it. So to say that that Zach Taylor is handicapped by management when Zach Taylor really has been doing whatever he's wanted since he's been hired is not only incorrect, but it's basically lazy and it just shows that you haven't been paying attention. So let's move on to the rebuttal to that by Sam Acho. Which, by the way, Sam Acho, I mean, he's no Emmanuel, his brother. He'll never be Emmanuel Acho, much better. But this is what Dan Orlovsky had to say in response to Sam. Curse word, no. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, like, if, if, if I was given the opportunity to buy stock in a young player in the NFL, Joe Burrow is at the very top of my list. I said this last year. He, the only quarterback that I would take above him that's a young player would have been Deshaun Watson. I think this dude is that special with his ability to never panic with the football, his ball location, his athleticism. We got to like, – hold on. This football team and organization is not that far away from being pretty darn good. I mean, 2011 to 2015, they went to the playoffs five years in a row. They're four years from removed from winning 12 games. And this is a player that went to LSU and then – became the greatest college quarterback season ever. One of the greatest offenses we've ever seen in college football. And so they just got to get back to drafting really well. They had a stretch where they drafted really well. Those players got a little bit old. But I listen, I, I'm a, as big a Joe Burrow fan as you can get. And the, if anybody is going to resurrect them, Baker Mayfield said it. If anyone was going to resurrect the Cleveland Browns, it was going to be Baker Mayfield. If anyone is going to, again, somewhat resurrect, because I don't think they're that far removed from success, the Cincinnati Bengals, it is Joe Burrow. I will buy as much stock as I can in Joe Burrow making this a very, very good football team in the future. So there you have it. There's Dan Orlovsky. That's the sound of a man that has done a little bit of research, that's paid a little bit of attention, who understands, as a former NFL quarterback, the importance and really what Joe Burrow is to his team. You could hear a little bit in there. Sam was saying, what? <laughs> I think that might have been the first time he found out the Bengals went to the playoffs for five consecutive seasons. Might have been the first time he realized they were just four years removed from winning 12 games. And make no mistake about it. They have not been a good football team as of late. But here's where I really knew that Sam Acho had no clue what he was talking about. When he says this. Yeah, Baker Mayfield may have been part of the resurrection, but uh, Andrew Barry is a phenomenal GM, probably the best in the NFL. Kevin Stefanski, phenomenal offensive mind, probably the best in the NFL, number one. Number two, the Bengals are very far removed from being great. We watched football last year. All of us did. The Bengals are not good, and they're not going to be good. Look at their division and look at their team. So, like, I got, like, seven different rebuttals. I'll stick with those two for now. Uh, Joe Burrow. I'm not buying stock in him, and it's not because of him. He might be a great quarterback, but it's because everything around him, starting with management. What I'm about to say is not hate to the Cleveland Browns because I do respect them for putting to t the team that they've put together and going to the playoffs, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, winning a playoff game. You have to respect that when a team does that, even if you hate them. But Andrew Barry and Andrew Barry is not the best GM in the National Football League. And Kevin Stefanski is not the best offensive mind in the NFL. I mean, think about the two things that he just said. I mean, that's actually kind of borderline insane. 
And so, uh, you know, that obviously can be frustrating when that sort of thing happens and those people are, are on the national stage saying things about your quarterback, about your team, and all that. And, and it's, fr- it just, it's growing frustrating to me, increasingly frustrating to me, because I do think Joe Burrow is the answer. I do think that the Bengals have something special with Joe Burrow. And sure, they need to put more around him. They need to protect him. They need a better defense. But this is year two of Joe Burrow, and this is a better football team heading into 2021 than it was heading into 2020. And he's right. They do play in a difficult division. They do have a defense that needs to be better. There's no one denying that. But if you look at Joe Burrow, who he is, what he's been, and what everybody has said about him from start to finish so far, I think it's pretty simple. The, the, it's pretty clear that the Bengals have their guy and that everything is going to be centered around him from this point forward. Emmanuel Acho, excuse me, Sam Acho, I'm sorry that I had to you know, kind of say all these things about you. Maybe I'm lazy and I just haven't looked you up enough to know that you were kind of a failed defensive end in the NFL, so you're on television now. But either way, that sort of thing is understandably frustrating for Bengals fans because it's just a lazy take. And I give shout-outs to Dan Orlovsky for at least paying a little bit of attention and knowing that Joe Burrow is a special quarterback. And, you know, Joe sees all this stuff. I really do think that he does. And I don't think that he'll be forgetting anytime soon what people are saying about him, that he's been left off these lists, left off these rankings, that he's not a top 10 quarterback in arm strength, accuracy, touch, mechanics, field vision, decision-making, competitiveness, toughness, in the pocket, scrambling, second reaction, rushing. I think he's paying attention that he's not getting any respect in any of those categories. So now the question begins as we turn 19 days from now to the start of the NFL season. Will Joe Burrow play in the preseason? Bengals have their preseason finale coming up on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins at Paul Brown Stadium. Burrow has said he wants to play. He needs to get some snaps in the preseason. I don't know exactly how I feel. It seems like my decision and my my thought process seems to waffle day in and day out about that. I do think, though, that if it's possible to go out there, get him a series, get him maybe two series, some quick passes, some screens, some handoffs, get him comfortable, get him out there with bodies flying around him, I don't think that it it would hurt. Because he knows his body, and if he knows he needs to play a little bit before going out there week one against the Minnesota Vikings, then i trust Joe Burrow. But I also wouldn't blame Zach Taylor, Duke Tobin, and the decision makers at Paul Brown Stadium of saying, we're not going to take any chances with this guy because we know how special he is and we don't listen to the outside noise that he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's going to do it for me. Remember that ball don't lie. And as always, have fun. Be safe. Go Bucks.